0: Hey guys, before we get started, I want to take a moment to talk about why I love Instagram. I love Instagram because it changed the game for me. I knew that I had something to say to the world, but I didn't have the audience. And so Instagram allowed me to build the right type of audience for me, the type of audience where people were interested in what I had to say and where I could really carve out a space on the internet that promoted my brand. And I've been able to equip other brands and businesses across the board to do the same. So if that's you, if you are looking, looking to up level your Instagram game? I encourage you to go over to my website right now to either sign up for the Gramathon or check out my course Insta Breakout. It's really important to me to get this course into your hands because I know it will change the game for you. It has been incredible to see what Instagram does for every single one of my clients and all of the previous course attendees. It is such a joy to see people's business take off because of Instagram. So I totally encourage you to go over to my website and check that out. Sign up for a webinar, sign up for the Gramathon, or just dive into the course i know you're gonna love it so without further ado let's get back to the reason you're here The episode welcome back guys i am so glad you're here for another week with me at the radiant podcast and you're in for a treat I know that you are going to love my conversation with Mira Onza. She is host of the Devoted Dreamers podcast, and I had the privilege of getting to be on there and be interviewed with her. So, if you want to hear a little bit more of my story, that is over on Merit's podcast, the Devoted Dreamers podcast. But she is even more than a podcast host, she is a church planner and an active part of her community here in Colorado. And I know that you're going to leave this conversation feeling inspired and encouraged to make change in your community and the world around you. And it is just also such a token of hope. So without further ado, I'm excited for you to hear my conversation with Merritt. Hey Merritt. Hey Kelsey. Thanks for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you here. It's so fun to be here and we're wearing the same shirt. <laughs> we are wearing the same shirt. <laughs> we took a picture, so we'll have to put it on stories the day the podcast goes yes. live. I would love it if you just got us started by sharing a little bit about yourself, how you got started, what you're doing now. I love for our listeners to just kind of get connected with you and hear kind of the journey you've been on to be, to have arrived where you are today. Sure.
1: Um, Okay. I'll try to not give you the hour long version. Um, (laughs) I am in a stage of life where um, I feel like the Lord is um, encouraging my heart to be an encourager of other women and right now that looks like um, I have a podcast called the Devoted Dreamers podcast and um, I'm working on a retreat that's um, by the time this goes live less than a month away Um, and just uh, trying to connect with women who may or may not believe that they have a dream that God's put in their heart and encourage them in walking forward in that. And this has been kind of a long road to get to this place. I've only had the podcast um, a little over like a year, um, close to a year and a half. And before this, I was um kind of intermittently blogging and um, my full-time gig was um, as a freelance writer in the nonprofit um, kind of small business world of marketing and fundraising and in the middle of all of that I did that for 12 years and I was always like gosh I'm writing for everybody else and um, they, I feel like there's something in me that needs to come out that, I don't know what that is. I can't necessarily figure it out. I don't really have time because I'm working all these crazy hours. Um, but through a series of circumstances like getting married and a couple years later, having a child and, um, moving to a new part of the country, like life really changed. And, um, I think God just kind of, Um, showed me where there was space to begin to really dream for things that he's put in me. And so I feel like I'm like right in the middle of walking through figuring out what that is and helping other people do that as well.
0: Very cool. Well, I love I love that you are right in the middle of it because I think so often we would look at you having a great podcast and leading a retreat and think of it as she has arrived. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you touched on like being right in the middle of it. What would you have to say to people who look at someone they perceive to be 10 steps or 20 steps ahead of them and really kind of um, refocusing, putting that into a healthy perspective and understanding that we're kind of all in the middle of figuring it out. Oh, my gosh, always
1: for the rest of our lives. Um, (laughs) I would say that um, we let fear control us far too much. And um, comparison, uh, that's a big topic right now. But just um, every woman I have talked to, uh, on the podcast and kind of face-to-face, has fear, feels like she's not where she should be, um, compares herself to other people, and and God willing, we do that less and less, but um, I think I would say you are in good company.
0: Charge ahead. Wow, I love that. that. I mean, that's really timely for me. And I'm sure for so many of our listeners, because I think a a lot of us really struggle with that. Mm -hmm. I do. I I definitely, I was joking with a friend and I know I've said this on the podcast before, but I like kind of, um, look at maybe age 38 as having arrived in life and like, I've got to put in 10 years, 10 more years of hard work (laughs) (laughs) because then I'll be established, you know, and that's crazy. But Mm -hmm. I think we all have those crazy thoughts in our head. Mm -hmm. Um, what, One thing you mentioned before we chatted is um, how you stepped into your God-shaped dream and the twisty road it took you to get there. Can you kind of elaborate on that?
1: Yeah. um, So it really started shortly after my husband and I got married. And um, that's a whole other story that maybe I should talk about on a different podcast. But um, (laughs) I was 39 and um, talk about thinking you should have arrived. (laughs) Um, I expected to be married long before that. But it was a, I'll say it was a bumpy road to uh, step into a marriage and realize That I thought I was prepared and I wasn't, and um, we had some challenges. We really had to seek help to work through conflict, and through that, um, kind of through the the painful learning of being a newlywed, I started a blog because I thought, oh my gosh, nobody else is out there talking about how um, difficult it is to be newly married. So. Um, I, that was the road that I began in the online space of like, I'm just going to write about my experience and, um, see what happens. And I did that for, I want to say three years. So probably from like 2010 and forward and until the point where I was like, I have a newlywed blog and I'm not really a newlywed anymore. So it's like, <laughs> okay, I, that's kind of fallen by the wayside, but I kept it up for, just having that information out there, people, not a ton of people, but people were like, this is really helpful. Um, And then I realized that um, what I cared about a lot was the women who were just like me, who were single years longer than they expected to be. And so then I started this thing called the Marriage Readiness Project. And I was so sure that this was what I was doing to reach the world with my gifts. And I just could not um, I could not be consistent or find traction in that. It um, there were we were talking before like I bought all these courses to help me figure out what I needed to do with this online space. and other than some interesting blog posts and actually met some friends through this website, um, that didn't really go anywhere either. And uh, then, I want to say this was probably two years ago. Um, I had a seven-month-old baby, and that's probably another reason my other stuff didn't really take off because I was a new mom. (laughs) But that's when Periscope kind of came into being or started to be really popular. And some girls in my mastermind were like, have you heard of this? What is it? Why would we be interested in that? And I got totally addicted to this tool because I was – up late at night with my baby who never slept and always ate. And so I would get on a <laughs> and like, listen and watch people. And, um, there's a long story short. Um, I was watching this guy who, um, kind of shared a memorial for a friend of his who had passed away. And it was this beautiful kind of message of impact of what this guy had done, um, to impact this friend's life. And, um, I went to bed that night thinking if I could do anything, what would it be like to, if I had, if I could do one thing to touch the lives of other people, what would it be? And it was like, Oh, I could read God's word on Periscope. (laughs) So, um, I started every morning, at like 5 a.m. reading God's Word on Periscope. And it was like short little sections and people would come on and talk with me about it. And I had opportunities to interact. And and I was, you know, super nervous to be engaging with strangers online in this way and feeling super vulnerable about um, that interaction. But it became this like second nature to me. And I, I feel like that was the first, like, I just took a bold, scary step, and it didn't kill me. And I did that for almost a year. And I I think that that was one of the things that kind of propelled me into, hey, maybe I could do a podcast. (laughs) And so that's the long, windy road. There's other pieces to it. But um, about April of last year, I had three friends say, hey, if you've ever thought about podcasting, you know, we really think you should, should take a risk and go do it. And so I did. And there you have it.
0: Wow. I love that. And I love that you are so open about the evolution of your story and, and how, you know, one dream led to another dream that led to another dream. Would you say, I think so many times we start something and then for some reason or another, it doesn't pan out. And sometimes we can be filled with like shame and regret about something not working out. I know that I've had things not work out like Radiant. Hello. Um, and mm. it evolving into that, you know, for, for me, that being just the Radiant podcast out of all the things Radiant was doing and it not being its own brand anymore. Are you, would you say that all the little things you did along the way paved away for what you're doing now? Totally. I mean, it, it
1: was... It was a twisty, windy path, but um, even my freelance writing is connected to the things that I'm doing today. And um, for those twelve years, <clears throat> excuse me, for those twelve years, I interviewed people every week. and it was, you know, none of those interviews ever went public. They were all just so that I could write an article about the person that I had talked to. But it was like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for a really long time. And so I really believe that God, he uses all the things that he allows in our lives and none of it's wasted. We might think, oh, that was a failure or I messed up that or that
0: could have been better. But uh, it's in his economy, I don't think any of it's wasted. That is such a good word. Like none of it is wasted. That is so good. Man, I'm feeling encouraged. I'm loving this conversation already. <laughs> so um, what would you say has been the most fun part about leading the devoted dreamers podcast and what have you learned along the way i i say that this has been
1: the most fun i've ever had working in my life um and i think it's um you know i've always felt like there was something in me to create something of my own um so there's that but uh i think the biggest thing is the relationships so you probably have this too Just getting to meet new women all the time and be inspired by their dreams and the things, the path that God's had them on, and um, the ones that are so honest about what's been really hard along the way. Um, Like I said earlier, like almost everybody talks about fear, even the woman that has, you know, ten thousand followers and you know, books on Amazon. I mean, we all struggle. Um, and just to hear their honesty and have that reminder of like, I'm not alone when I struggle. And there's this whole, um, this whole world of women who, and men too, but women who God created for a purpose. And I feel like I know that more and more each time I talk to somebody who's living out
0: that purpose. Wow. I love that. And yeah, I think you're dead on in the sense of the best part of this job is making genuine relationships and mm-hmm. friendships with people. I, I love it. Um, I really love, you know, the idea of knowing someone and being known and this is such a fun space to be able to do that and just to hear people's stories and so um, I, I really enjoy that. I would love for you to kind of shed light on what kind of projects you have coming up. I know you have a retreat like you said in a month and what you know what will women find there? I, I'm sure at this point it is full but are you looking to have more in the future? I, I'm excited. Yeah, I would love
1: to do this every year. Um, I'm not sure I could handle more often than that unless I had more help, but um, it's also kind of inspired just wanting to do more little events as well, and I'm still kind of brewing as to what those might be, but just, um, you know, I'm in a community of moms with young kids or, you know, professional women who have super busy lives and um, jobs that keep them occupied um, most of their days. And I just think we need spaces where we can um, connect and step away from our day-to-day lives and really um, listen to one another and listen to what the Lord's doing in our hearts. So I feel like there could potentially be some other um, face-to-face events in the future, um, something else that's really on my heart is um, having just started podcasting not that long ago is I realized as I was getting started that there just didn't seem to be like a formal community or network of Christian women who were hosting podcasts. And I know there's some great Facebook groups out there just for you know, women podcasters in general, but I feel like we're a unique breed, (laughs) the Christian women podcaster. And I feel like every every month I hear about a couple new podcasts in this space, whether they've been around a while or are just starting up. But I feel like we need each other. Like we need to be connected to one another to support and encourage and troubleshoot. And, And I don't really mean like the technical side. There's plenty of that out there, but just the... Like the re- the relational, the interpersonal, the how do you handle this when it happens on your show, or um, you know, where do you like to find your best guests and that kind of thing? Like just finding spaces where we as women podcasters can connect. So that's something I'm dreaming about. I don't know what it's gonna look like, but um, I'm hopeful.
0: Ooh, fun! I'm, I'm hopeful <laughs> for that too because I want to be a part. I yeah, love any love to TV. have you. Any community I can be a part of, count me in. Um, I love one thing you talk about um, and that, you know, you chatted about that in in our conversation prior to this is getting married at 39. How, what was that like? I have so many friends who are across the board, friends that are yearning for the day they get married or the ones that are um, married and kind of like, I wish I didn't waste all that time you pining away, you know, mm. I would love to kind of hear your, your thoughts and your journey with that. Well, um, the first I'll say 29
1: to 30 years of my life, not counting the part when I was a child, but that first part of, um, kind of being a young woman, I had such a, I was such a boy, crazy girl. And, um, I realized now that very quickly, uh, Romance, relationship, you know, having a guy like me, like all of that became a huge idol, but I didn't know it. And so I had a lot of years of um, kind of chasing the wrong thing. And then um, in my 30s, when I was really growing in my relationship with the Lord and healing from a lot of past relationship mistakes, um, God kind of took me through this season of we're not going to do this. Like we're not going (laughs) to date. It wasn't really by my choice. There might've been a small season that was by my choice, but, um, but a big chunk of my thirties was, you know, single and celibate and like not a prospect. (laughs) So it was super hard. Um, I was living in Dallas at the time and part of a pretty big church with a huge singles ministry. And, um, I was one of many, many, many women that guys could choose from. And I was like, well, I'm just not being chosen. And um, it was it was very difficult. And um, I think for a lot of that time, I was in a bad place with it. And really, God had to take me through some tremendous um, healing of um, that idol, of thinking that a man was going to satisfy me, um, and kind of coming to a place of realizing that my hope really has to be with my Savior. As much as that seemed crazy, you know, I think it's— um, Isaiah 54, four that says, and your creator will be your husband. And I was like, what, what does that (laughs) even mean? Like God, this, you know, spiritual being will be my husband. (laughs) What? Um, but he really did. I mean, kind of like the twisty road to podcasting. It was a twisty road to becoming a wife. And there were seasons when I thought it might never happen. And am I okay with that? And, Um, most of that time I was not okay with considering it might never happen. And so I just, my heart goes out to your friends and anyone listening who's in that place of struggle and wrestling and crying out to God and asking, you know, when is it going to be my turn? And, um, I think my encouragement is just, um, you know, lean into him, continue to cry out, ask him, um, for what you need and, um, and then have open hands for what he might provide.
0: Yeah. And I love the line you said of, when is it going to be my turn? Cause I think so many women feel that way, whether it's mm-hmm. with marriage or motherhood, or maybe it's their career. Maybe okay. we have a listener that's like, what? That's not me. You know, but I think it, I think we can all relate to that sentiment in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And, and then you, you experienced that waiting all over again. Am I right? I know that you guys, yes struggled with infertility, and then adopted in 2014? Yes.
1: Um, And it's kind of an unusual adoption story. Most people have not heard of embryo adoption, but um, we did. We got married in 2009, and really intentionally, against uh, better uh, recommendations, we waited. We wanted to wait a year because we wanted to invest in our marriage and our relationship. And we were finally told by a fertility specialist, like, there's a 3% chance you'll get pregnant on your own, and that was really hard to hear um, in my early 40s. Um, I did have a miscarriage. I did get pregnant on my own and had a miscarriage, unfortunately, in um oh, I think it was 2012. And um, by 2014, we were um, on the track to adopt a set of embryos from a family that had um, done an IVF cycle and ended up with far more than they expected to have. And they were um, done having kids, and so connected with um, our agency, which is called um, Nightlight Christian Adoptions, and they have what's called the Snowflake Program. And so there are, I believe, the number is six hundred thousand frozen embryos in wow. the United States. Yeah, and they're not all um, abandoned or you know sitting there waiting for nothing. They're they all have families that own them, and then some of them are you know, donated to either the fertility clinic or to an adoption agency like ours. And so we went through, you know, a home study and all the, you know, paperwork and everything that you go through for a domestic adoption. And then um, we were matched with a family. And um, legally in the United States, there's no, um, you know, adoption of human genetic material they consider a property transfer so anyway for in our hearts it's an adoption it is an adoption (laughs) yeah it's
0: fascinating that that's how
1: the legal jargon of that works isn't it crazy yeah so our our legal contract says we own this genetic material but our hearts um we know that we these kids belong to us whether they're the one little girl that lives in our home or the five more that we have in frozen storage so yeah, a lot of waiting, a lot of tears, a lot of, Lord, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And, um, but yeah, and I think my biggest question in all of that, you know, it's pretty common um, among people who are considering adoption or, um, you know, fearful about what that um, next step is, but just like, can I love this child as my own? And uh, and my other question was will I be too exhausted to be a mom cuz I'm old <laughs> but um there is no question from the moment you know I watched myself get pregnant on an ultrasound monitor and there's no question she was always ours oh and um it's a really beautiful thing I sometimes forget that um we we share some cells because of pregnancy, but we don't share DNA.
0: Oh, she's so sweet. <laughs> she's really sweet. Um Wow. So waiting again, back to that lots of waiting. That lots of waiting. So so has that been something God has consistently spoken to you about in your kind of walk with him? Um, yeah, and I think it's
1: it's kind of in the form of the question, do you trust me? You know, like, like I'm here, God saying, I'm here for you at all times. I have never left you. I've never abandoned you. Do you trust me? And, um, yeah, I think he allowed those long years of, of feeling loss or sadness or different from other people, um, to really solidify, um, that relationship with him. And I'm super grateful for that time um, because gosh, you know, right now I I'm not having my two hour quiet times. So there's not a chance that's ever going to happen. But when I was single in my thirties, I had a lot of those. So um, he did the work of solidifying, you know, his character and, um, and my identity
0: during those years. That, I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's a very, very, familiar line for me. That's the mm-hmm. probably the most common thing I hear from God, because I can definitely go to like little—I live on a roller coaster of like, life is great mm-hmm. and anxiety attack. And so mm-hmm. um, I hear a lot from God of, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And it's like, oh, yeah, like you've never let me down, but I feel really anxious today. Yeah. Um, And, um, yeah, that's very familiar for me. And, and you guys also have planted a church in the last year as well, right? (laughs) Well, we're part, we were part of a
1: launch team to plant a new church here in Lafayette, Colorado called the table. So, um, that's been a really sweet season. Um, I guess, gosh, in October it'll have been just a little over a year and, um, Yeah, we went from um, a church that we were super committed to in Boulder. We'd been there for five years the entire time we've lived in Colorado. And um, that church birthed this new one. And um, a group of us left and formed a new body of Christ with um, people that we had never met before. We all started over. I mean, everybody was like, okay, here's my new friends and family. And um, it's been a really beautiful thing that God has done in this small community in the front range.
0: Wow. So y'all didn't really know each other that well. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I mean, we knew a couple of families, but,
1: um, nobody from our core circle came with us. So Whoa.
0: Yeah. was that tough? Like, I would love for you to share about that. You know, I was, so it was a uh, summer
1: of 2016 that, um, my husband and the pastor, they, uh, Connected over beer. They are big fans (laughs) of craft beer. And um, at the time, Brad, our pastor, was um, kind of preparing to build this launch team and launch the church in the fall. And I was on the edge. Like, you know, it's taken five years to build my relationships to where they are today. Why would I leave? You know, why would I walk away from that? And there were just a lot of, um, there were a lot of reasons other than like, well, it's 15 minutes closer to our house, so there's that advantage. But um, we really felt like it was hard. Going to a church 30 minutes away was hard to um, welcome anyone that we met in our day-to-day life to come to church with us. And mm-hmm. so, you know, meeting neighbors or, you know, family members that live here, like people would just be like, why would I drive to Boulder to go to church? And so, um, yeah, They, Todd and Brad, my husband Todd, um, they connected and I knew at some point I was probably going to have to get on board. And um, I will say that uh, the team did an excellent job of painting a vision of it's not just the pastor, it's all of us. We're coming together as a team of, I think it was 40 adults um, to bring this to life And hospitality is a huge part of that. So they did um, Sunday night dinner in their backyard every day or every week in the summer last year. And it was so, um, it was really beautiful, like really um, warm and the kids would play and, you know, the kids didn't care who they were playing with. They connected really quickly, but the adults got to connect on Um, Just some things that were happening in our country um, in the summer of 2016. Just, um, you know, there was a lot of racial stuff going on, which is still going on. But um, just really talking to one another honestly about how do we as the church um, respond when hard things happen in our world. And um, that's really what sold me was the response of grace and open arms and you don't have to believe in jesus to belong to this body so come and ask your questions and be part of the community and you know you bring a side dish right alongside mine and we'll eat together and learn how to love one another and if you don't know jesus we pray
0: that someday you would that is cool. Wow. 40 adults went to plant this. Like that's probably amazing. probably just as many kids. That <laughs> is like probably the size of my church right now. Oh, goodness. That is amazing. Wow. I love that. And I love the intentionality and how fitting mm-hmm. that y'all gathered around the dinner table for a whole summer beforehand. And uh, wow. Awesome. So yeah. that is so neat. I love just the intentionality behind that. You're doing cool stuff, Merit. So it's been really fun. Yeah. One thing that is so in line with what you're doing with your podcast and the retreat is um, I know that you've mentioned you love reminding women of who they are and whose they are, and that we're made with intention and purpose, and we're equipped to step into our dreams. Can you kind of shed light on that? I I love that. Uh, obviously, of I'm so course you do with that. So <laughs> I would yes. love for you to kind of share more about that. Yeah. So I really believe, and
1: I feel like God solidified this in me in the last year, but. Um, that everyone has a dream. And so I like to say every woman has a dream. And um, it's, you know, oftentimes the, the things that God has put in our life, that um, is where that dream births from. So, you know, our life experiences, our hardships, the tragedies, the suffering, I mean, that's, those are the places that we learn. And God makes himself so known to us a lot of times. And, Um, I really do think that, um, you know, our lives are super busy. Um, we're kind of consumed with what's right in front of us, but, uh, when we pause and I think prayer and time and God's word and in community sharing kind of what's been brewing in our hearts, um, I think those things kind of come up and then we have to decide, are we willing to take the next step? And, A lot of times, the thing that we maybe think is the dream might just be the step towards the dream. So, you know, when I was on Periscope, however long ago that was, two summers ago, every morning reading, you know, scripture um, to the world and anyone who would listen, like I thought, oh, I would probably do this for the rest of my life. Well, it wasn't super practical for me to continue to do that with a toddler, but it pointed to the next thing that he had for me. And so I think my encouragement to women is just to try something like it might not be the thing. It might not go perfectly. I think one of my guests on my podcast said she thought she wanted to have a taco truck. And, <laughs> and then she, inv- she invited a bunch of friends over for tacos and was like, oh no, this is not how I want to spend my days. And now she's, um, hosting women in her home to pray over their marriages. And, you know, it's like, who knows how those two things are connected. But, um, I, I really feel even the mom who's like, there is no way that there's space for anything else in my life or the, you know, full-time student or, um, professional who's like, nope, my job, like it's, it's this job. And maybe it is, maybe it's the career that you're in right now, but I really do feel like, um, God puts things in our hearts and it's part of, um, bringing the kingdom here to earth. And so, um, we, when we step out in faith and encourage, despite the fear that it encourages other women to do the same. And so I really feel like we have an obligation that if there is something that we're hearing from God right now in this season, that we take you know, take, make a, make ourselves aware of those things and then let, um, let the next steps just come.
0: Yeah. I, wow. I mean, I, I love a, the person who said they wanted a taco truck. I know, Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think if anything I'm learning, you know, as dreams come and dreams go and I get to live them out to like their fullest potential sometimes. It's not like they just always fizzle. It's Mm -hmm. that sometimes we just live a dream. It's like an assignment that completes. And so I I find it super interesting and kind of a lesson I'm right in the middle of learning um, is how dreams evolve and Mm -hmm. how like one thing leads to the next. And so I, um, I love hearing that from people who have walked a little bit ahead of me. Um, that is normal. <laughs> yeah. And I think as we take those
1: steps, um, the, the analogy for me is that it strengthens a muscle in us. So where we once had fear, we feel a little bit more capable you know, because we just did that thing, whatever it was, whether it was making tacos or inviting women to our home to pray or whatever, that um, it's, it strengthens our muscle so that when we try something new in a different direction that we're like, oh yeah, I've kind of been here before. I've felt this, you know, uncomfortable feeling and it's okay. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. And like, it might all fall apart right in front of you and you're going to survive.
0: Yeah. How have you dealt and what have you learned from, from your interviews? Cause I know you talk about a lot of fear from mm-hmm. even the most established person you've had on. Um, what have you seen to be a common thread in fear of failure? Um, because I know that, you know, the, the more I step into each little dream I have, the more confident I am in just walking it out, whether that leads to big success or just a dream I walked out, you know? Right. Yeah.
1: Um, A common thread. Well, I don't know that this has actually been stated in any of my interviews, but something I'm kind of um, thinking about a lot and is going to be, I hope, a topic of the retreat next month Um, is really that um, the enemy uses shame to keep us quiet, to keep us hidden, to keep us um, under wraps, that we wouldn't try something new for fear of failure, because what if, you know, something happened, so-and-so thought this about me, or I, I looked like a failure to the world or whatever it is, or, you know, my dad isn't proud of me. There's all those things in us that, um, that shame is a really powerful thing that if we let it rule, um, it will control us. And, um, and I think too, there's this aspect I definitely have wrestled with this much of my life is that I want it to be perfect, or I'm not going to do it. And that's a fallacy. I mean, none of us is perfect. Nothing in the world is perfect other than God. And so I feel like that can become a place of like walking in sin. If you're constantly like, well, I can't step forward if it's not perfect. Um, Instead of walking in obedience, people on my podcast talk all the time about walking in obedience, even though You know, this wasn't the plan that they had for their life. God had a different plan. And I'm not sure I want to walk forward in this, but I'm going to walk forward in obedience. And then after the fact, they can say, I'm so glad I would have totally missed out if I hadn't walked in obedience and done the hard thing or listened when God said, go left instead of right. So
0: I hope that answered your question. Oh, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, totally. I loved it. I, I, um really enjoy hearing your thoughts on this because I know we have similar audiences, but we've interviewed Mm -hmm. different people. And so it's fun to kind of, to kind of join forces and be like, this is what I've learned along the way. And this is what, you know, um, I've learned from interviewing the women I've had on my podcast. And so I I think it's so fascinating to hear um, people who have walked out their dreams And your take on it and what you've learned from your guests, it's just really interesting to me. And I know our listeners love kind of gleaning this information as they're launching their dreams or, you know, in the middle of living them, Mm -hmm. just in the beginning phases, wherever they're at. One thing that I so resonated with before we, you know, through our email is um, this idea of perfectionism as a sin. And um, it becoming an idol in our hearts. I would love for you to kind of share more about that. Mm, um, yeah, <laughs> it's a well, first
1: of all, you've got to get that idol piece is um, understanding that the things that we put above the Lord are sin and it's hard sometimes to see that when we're in it it's hard to see your perfectionism when you're in it sometimes we know that we're like you know totally OCD or whatever but um yeah i for me it's been one of those things that it feels like a little sin like oh well it's not quite as bad as whatever murder yeah, yeah. certainly not as bad as that but the truth is that god sees it equally that um, you know, we really are making something else God. And so, um, I, yeah, I don't know that I have this one figured out by any means because I still wrestle with that. I mean, with the retreat, it's like, oh my gosh, what if something doesn't go the way I expect? Or what if people don't have a good time? And, you know, there's all these things that we could worry about. Um, and yet again, there's another thing that in God's word, he tells us not to do, <laughs> that we would take all our cares to him and, and trust that um, he's got this. And I think sometimes we think that means like, well, if God's got this and I have to trust that, well, then it, it's going to work out and that doesn't always happen. And so we get to that place of disappointment, like, well, God, why did you let me down? And to me, that goes back to all of the things in our lives he uses, all of the failures, all of the, you know, I struggled with perfectionism today, he's using it because he's continuing to show me for the rest of my life every day, my need for him, um, my need to draw closer to him and make him number one instead of all these other things that I want to elevate above him.
0: Yeah. And I love that you touched on, you know, well, God, I felt like He told me to do this and then it didn't work out. That mm-hmm. happens. That is real. Totally. And I think we, in those situations, we, you know, give ourselves one of two choices. Well, God either let me down or I just missed him. And I thought, I, mm-hmm. I thought I heard him, but it was really my desire. But what if there is a third option of, he told me this was the next right step. But he knew all along it wouldn't be what I expected it to be. And I I think we've for so long only only, um, towed the line of the first two options. Yep. And, and there really is that third one. Um, yep. I'm living it out. And so, uh, you know, <laughs> totally I, I asked my counselor in the session, like, did I just launch this all? Cause I felt like it'd be fun. And she's mm. like, uh, let's go back to that, <laughs> you know, and mm. really working that out and like praying and being in tune with God and knowing that I know that I know that, you know, for me, radiant magazine, which is no longer Served its purpose and reached people for a year and three months. And mm-hmm. and women got to read those articles every single day for, you know, 14, 15 months. That's amazing. That's not a failure. It's just a, right. a pivot. And so that's been an interesting journey I've been on because I I can be so black and white of, well, I just thought I heard God and it was really me or mm-hmm. it has to be epic to be God, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, in his economy, I mean, that's the thing that's so hard for us to grasp is just like God sees all of time all at once. And we're like, well, I see today and like what happened last year or what's happening next year. And, you know, if we're like you said, we're in a season. And so he will take this thing in this season right now and do what he's going to do with it for the long haul. We, but we don't get to see that long haul until we're yeah. in it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty neat. And especially when you get outside of something that didn't pan out as mm-hmm. you expected. And then you see it play into the next thing with a little bit of time and distance H- hindsight's 2020. Yeah. So it, it is totally. amazing. And it does, um, you know, reinstill that confidence of like, Oh, I, I did hear God. I just never knew it would evolve to this, you know? Mm -hmm. So totally. Would you say too that? Well, I think we already touched on it. Each little, each little thing you, you did along the way paved the way for this. Because for me, some of the things, you know, even aside from Radiant that I've done over the years have really, that I, at the time were disappointing that didn't pan out how I thought they would have Mm -hmm. really, I'm like, wow, I would not even be where I am today without having tested those waters. Like it would not have led on a path to this probably. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's pretty neat to see how God works in hindsight. Um, I know. (laughs) Well, before you go, I would love for you, if you have one tip for our listeners, um, one just little nugget of wisdom, it could kind of be with whatever focus you would like it to be. What would you share with kind of women who are, you know, taking baby steps towards their God-sized dream um, or or right in the middle of it? What would you have to say to our listeners?
1: Well, I think— I think my big message is hopefully reminding you of what you already know, and that is that you are a daughter of the king, and you were made with so much purpose. You were uniquely made, and so when you look at your dream and think somebody else has already done that, or so-and-so is doing it better than me, um, I encourage you to put that away because. Um, no one can do it like you and no one has your experience. No one has the cumulative life experiences that you've had. And there, um, there is something for you to do that's unique to you. And you may not see what it is today, but if there is a little burning in your heart of, I feel like this might be the thing, then just go try it. And, you know, wear that um, that badge of who you are as, um, you know, a daughter of the king proudly and just continue each day to ask him, is this the next right step? Is this the next right step? And even if he
0: doesn't answer, keep stepping. That, hey, I mean, we couldn't end on a better note. Where can our <laughs> listeners find you, Merritt? So
1: my website is meritonsa.com and I have kind of a funky name. It's spelled M-E-R-R-I-T-T-O-N-S-A. And all the past podcast episodes are there. Everything else that I'm working on is on that site. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Meritjo. And I've got a not very
0: happening Facebook page. So that's awesome. (laughs) probably Instagram or my website well I am looking forward to our listeners connecting with you guys and thank you so much for joining me today and and for everyone listening y'all can find a little bit of my story on Merit's podcast so yep it's there I am a listener I loved one of your most recent episodes so so much with Jenny Allen so Uh, I am uh, thanks Kelsey I'll be I'm I'm glad we live in the same state so we can finally grab coffee sometime me too we need to do that (laughs)